It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. All right. Once again, Brian, it's Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for episode 217 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, how are you this evening, my friend? I'm back in my um, uh, undisclosed location uh, bunker. Ron, monkeypox is running amok. I know we're going to be discussing it later. Um, But once again, I've been kicked out of my uh, uh, domicile. I am. Uh, I've been upgraded in terms of uh, housing uh, conditions, but ultimately, I mean, we must, as a society, get our hands across this uh, this beast that is monkeypox. I mean, any any idea? And again, you've you've been the the prognosticator throughout uh, numerous pandemics in the past. Any idea sure. how long it's gonna it's gonna take before you feel you're you're comfortable going home again? Ron, I have already had monkeypox four times, open sores across my body. Um, seemingly every time I have it, I have a, what is referred to as a rebound case of the monkeypox. Um, you know, as many people uh, are who, who follow the news closely, um, Joe Biden recently tested uh, negative from, for COVID-19 and then immediately backed it up by testing positive. They're referring to that as a rebound case. Um, my understanding is that there are people in Canarsie or Marine Park who have tested positive for COVID and are positive 19 days later. Mm. Um, I mean, um, yes, illnesses love Brian. I mean, it is a fact. So I've had monkeypox now for the eighth time. Um, uh, you know, every time the sores uh, go away, um, you know, a couple of days later, I test negative for it. Um, it comes right back. So, um, you know, it's it's the fact that the, that that you and Matt are are so comfortable to sit there and arrange for alternate housing for me, for me uh, during this. Uh, you know, everybody's still talking about the COVID, you know, pandemic, but really, what we're really stricken right now by is the monkeypox pandemic, which is affecting people of all walks of life, of all genders of all races, from all cultures, from all sexuals. I guess uh, before you get sick again, should we get on with the show? Sure. Drink of the week. Drink of the week. Crunch it. Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the Brian, week. Brian, drink of the uh, week. Illness to decide. Hate this new soundboard. Really not not a fan of it. Uh, anyway, well, Brian. Listen, I think I think we need to talk to Matt. We need <laughs> to explain to Matt um, that uh, he needs to be a little bit more on the ball when it comes to this new soundboard. I mean, you know, uh, our good friends over at StreamYard who support the show um, and have for the past, I would say probably uh, two and a half years, uh, you know, the fact that they are constantly upgrading, you know, uh, their, uh, you know, uh, technology to make sure that we have a, a great show 
and a product that we put out. I think it's important that Matt Beaker, our producer, you know, uh, uh, keep up with the technology. Right. Well, now you're in, I know you're in a remote location. Uh, what uh, what were you able to get to drink tonight? Ooh, is oh. that the, the New Jersey product? It looks like. That is, you know, you know me, I'm a great fan of the state of New Jersey and our good friends over at Hackensack Brewing provided me with this uh, can of musket haze. Look at the cloudiness, Ron. That is Look hazy. At, ooh, it is musket haze. It is a New England IPA brewed with citra in the whirlpool and double dry hopped with citra mutueca and amarillo. Uh, hops. Uh, I mean, it's big notes of tropical fruit, citrus, and tangerine coming in at a 6.3 ABV, a strong 16 IBU, and 3.91 out of 5 rating on untapped. I'm going to try this musket haze. All right. Give it a sip. Uh, get it back into the IPAs, shockingly enough, but let us know how it is. Well, when William Esquire sits there and hands you a can, you drink that beer. All right. That doesn't mean it's Ooh. good or bad, though. It's it tastes good, but it's it's sitting right on top of a bowl of chili, mm. and that is not a good combination. That's if I good. if if you see me running to that bathroom right behind me, it is because I am projectile vomiting this musket <laughs> haze. Fair I mean, enough. it tastes Fair very good, but it is just terrible timing. Ron, Fair. let me ask yes. you a question. Yes, 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 yes. What are you drinking? So this week, I'm bringing to the table from our friends down in Baltimore, Maryland, Duclaw Brewing. Uh, I am bringing their Sour Me series. Uh, this is a little something called Unicorn Farts. Uh, this is a uh, glittered sour ale. It is an ale brewed with fruity cereal and uh, edible glitter. Uh, pony up for a taste of this glittered sour ale brewed with a trio of fruits, fruity cereal, and a swirl of edible glitter based on the flavor profile of the famous Unicorn Farts Donuts. Uh, this beer is medium-bodied with big fruit notes, slight tartness, plus a hint of malty biscuit. A fantastical collaboration between Duclaw Brewing Company and Diablo Donuts. And after saying all that, I'm not really seeing you see the beer here. I'm not really seeing edible glitter, Brian. Yes. No, but... You, but your poop is going to be filled with edible glitter. You're not seeing it right now, but as you excrete this beer in 36, no, no, you're closer to a 24. I know you're weight. You're you're a lot more regular than I am when mm. it comes to the digestive system. But if if they says that there is edible glitter there, it is working its way through your body. So it's uh it's it's fruity. I'll give it that. It's sour. Uh, it's all right. I would call this a uh, an average beer. I would not call this crushable. 5.5%, so it could be potentially crushable, but... Uh, but not crushable. Not, 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 I, I don't picture being able to drink multiple ones of these. Well, it all... I mean, you're telling me that it's a beer that has um, Fruit Loops? Uh, fruity fruity pebbles, pebbles would be my guess. I'm going to have to say Fruity Pebbles is the least adult um, breakfast cereal on the market. I mean, if they, if there is anything you can't eat at... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if there is a breakfast cereal that it, that speaks for the five and under age demographic, I'm going to say it's Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, I mean, clearly they are they are marketing this beer towards minors. Uh, seems reprehensible to me, but listen, <clears throat> it's not our job to judge, is it? No, but I find it very. Um, uh, how do I say? It makes me feel very, uh, you know, uh, inclusive. 
that you are, uh, you know, you are drinking the drink of the, uh, you know, the, 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 the summer school playground. I mean, you know, uh, all the kids that didn't pass their grades last year needing to take extra classes over the summer um, are sitting there in the playground drinking. Um, you're sitting there having the exact same beer that, you know, four to six-year-olds are drinking across the country. I mean, first off, I mean, we, we all knew, you know, uh, you know, 20 years ago, you were there with New Kids on the Block. Um, then you were there with Menudo. Now you were there with BTK, B something, BTS. Uh, I think BTS. Isn't BTK a, a serial killer? You were there with that guy also. <laughs> you know, you were showing him proper uh, not technique on uh, heavy rope from uh, Home Depot. But now you are sitting there saying, hey, kids, you know, you're drinking the drink of champions. Um, enjoy your Fruity Pebble uh, infused IPA um, tonight when you make a duty in your pants and while you're in bed and your mom and dad has to clean up and they're like, where's all this glitter coming from? Keep it our little secret. <laughs> all right, let's keep it rolling with Beef of the Week. Ron and Brian's Beef of the Week. Brian, what uh, what is your beef of the week this week? I'm I, I don't know exactly where my the, the the finger lays, but I'll tell you in the direction that it's pointing at. Okay, my beef of the week this week is summer, and really? I don't know whether it's temperature. I don't know if it's climate change. I don't know if it's say, my anxiety medication, but I have sweated more profusely over the past seven days. I'm going to say that I have spent probably close to 10 hours uncontrollably um, profusely sweating through whatever articles of clothing I'm wearing. And I want to say that it's the weather, but I, I, I can't say that's definite. It is the idea that it's that time of year where if I get a hint of being slightly warm, my body immediately goes into sweat mode and I sweat to the point where people on the subway look at me with concerned eyes as they see I have sweated right through my work shirt. And um, it's, it's not a pretty look. It's, it's, um, uh, it, it, and the thing is that the, the second I start sweating, I get um, uh, very self-conscious about it, which makes me sweat even <laughs> more. So therefore, I'm going to give my middle finger uh, up to summer, and I'm going to say, listen, I know it's the end of July, but let's skip August, go right into September, sliding into October. I want to wear a light jacket again. I, I will say having- this. We were at the Yankees game yesterday, which we'll probably talk about later on. And sure. you were you were sweating noticeably more than when we were in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something that's happened in the past week. I do believe it may be my anxiety medication, which I recently – um, switch, but we got to the Yankee game. I was perfectly okay while we were waiting in line. I was mm-hmm. a little warm, but by the time we walked into the stadium, it was just pouring down off my head. And I looked at the rest of our group. People seemed warm, but nobody was profusely sweating. Not to the level you were. I yeah, mean, we didn't call you out on it, but there was there was some sweatiness happening. 
You didn't have to call me out. I was aware of it. That's the worst part of being self-conscious and having anxiety is the fact that like you then start sweating profusely and then you're like, oh my God, does everybody around me realize that I'm sweating profusely? And that worry suddenly makes you sweat <laughs> even more. There's a panic that sets in. I get it. Oh, and it's such a downward spiral that next thing I know, it's just like, and I like to wear my my work bag that I wear to work. I wear like like messenger style. So the strap cuts across my chest. So when I get to work and I take the bag off, I mean, just envision a very it's light a blue shirt or a row with, of this, sweat. with this dark sweat mode right across diagonally across the shirt. Not a good look. Not a good look, Ron. I understand. Can I ask you a question while we're at well, while we're talking about it? I you mean, we were can. at the we were at the Yankee game yesterday. I'm sure we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But um, you know, uh, we had a lot of shared experiences over the past 24 hours. But what's bothering you? So, Brian, this week, what is bothering me is uh, candy abominations that companies keep putting out. Uh, many of you know my issues with uh, the Reese's company and the different types of Reese's cups, pieces, everything else they put out. Uh, well, now my uh, my my anger turns towards Brock's. I think, is that how you say the com- the, the candy company? B-R-A-C-H-S? B-R-A-C-H-S, yes, I believe so. I didn't even know they were still in business. What, they are what still in business. They still put out, and they have put out this week uh, a tailgate candy corn bag. Uh, the flavors that it features are fruit punch, vanilla ice cream, which seem okay. Now you're, you're you're so far they're two for two. I would try them both. Hot dog. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Time out. You're telling me that what were the first two again? First two: fruit punch, vanilla fruit ice punch. Cream. Fruit punch, vanilla ice cream, and then they jump right to hot dog flavor? You jump right to hot dog. Uh, also, hamburger, and then you finish it up with popcorn. Mm. And I feel uh. this this is this is an issue that continues to grow. Because what it is, it's like the uh, it's like the Velveeta martini that people talked about last Are week. you talking about the Velvetini? <laughs> I am. That people see it and they're like, this is disgusting, but I have to try it. And so what I am pledging to do moving forward, Brian, is you or I moving forward when we see this disgusting stuff, we're going to take the bullet. So mass people do not have to have to purchase these things. So Brian, I commandeered a bag of the tailgate candy corn. And so I, I'm not even 100% sure of what flavor is what based on the photos and what actually. Oh, no, we're going to do a taste test. You're going to take one at a time and you are going to keep eating one piece until you've had all five. So I have all five. So hold on. Like the flavors are fruit punch. fruit punch, vanilla ice cream, vanilla ice cream, hot dog, dog hamburger, popcorn. and then popcorn. All right. So this I'm first gonna, one I think is fruit punch. So let's see here. Did you eat all of that or did you bite half of it? Um, I got to got to be fruit punch the way the color was. Yeah, I mean, I think so. It's it's You're sweet. not sure. The it's fact sweet, that you're so not sure. All right, this is a pink one. So I'm not sure what what this one may be, but let's see. The man is chewing. He's still not sure. Like the the the, con- the very concept that the spectrum of these flavors are fruit punch all the way to ha- hot dog 
and he still ate like he's pretty much that one may have been hot dog that it's got a uh it's got something going on there and i'm not quite sure what this i think it's white so i think it's the vanilla ice cream or it's white supremacist um congressman uh hawley hmm that actually may have been the popcorn may have not what other that, option could it that had to that reminds me of like a popcorn jelly belly do you remember when jelly bellies came out with like their their um box of like nasty flavors oh yeah where it was like half good and half bad and you couldn't tell because it was the same color one good and one bad of each that one was definitely vanilla ice cream not bad do that you was- need beverage to wash do you want like a water to clear you okay, let me cleanse the palate for the last one because I just kind of feel like you should in some way. I feel this last one might be the hamburger, but let's see. The man's chewing, looking off into a distance, thinking about the many errors he has made. I will say this. um, Out of all of them, I would say most, all of them do not taste like what they're supposed to taste. So I feel this is even worse, Brian. This is a bag of lies. This is just a bag of candy corn that they have made different colors and marketed it so people would pay money to get this tailgate cotton candy. Now, how do you feel right now? Is, is it rage? Is it? Um, do you feel like the Hulk who, who is just taking over from Dr. Bruce Banner? Or do you feel like you, uh, you, you dodged the bullet? I feel like we've helped some people today, Brian. I feel that's really what it comes down to. And I may actually uh, eat more of this candy corn throughout the show because it's not horrible. Ron, please don't. Please don't do that. All right. I'll just leave that there. Are you a fan of candy corn in general, Brian? Um, I, I'm i going to put it uh, – I'll, I'll put candy corn in this category. It's the fact that if I'm desperate for something sweet and you've got a bowl of it in front of me, will I grab a handful? Sure. Will I be proud of it? No. Will I tell people about it? No. Will I – Probably stop. Yeah. <laughs> Would I buy it? No, absolutely not. Candy corn, absolutely no go. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I cannot. Uh, not that I would have recommended the. Uh, ooh, ooh. This this now seems to be a challenge. Ali is saying, eat one of each all together and see if it tastes like regret. Listen, if there's one thing about the Ron and Brian podcast is that we accept all challenges. We are not afraid. We are. Uh, we 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 do not. You know, shy away from a strong challenge. And as we speak, my man Ron B right. on the wheels of steel is putting together a compilation of each of the five flavors. So now I, I believe have it's all five Brax. in my hand. I can't really show it on the camera all that well. But let's see here how it goes. Listen, this wouldn't be the first time during the podcast you can't show people what's in your hand. Oh God. He's eating all five at once, people. I mean, if you want to know the sacrifice this man has made for the show, I mean, this is it. I mean, the, look at look. If you can notice that his his skin has changed colors, I mean, he now has a yellowish hue that is taking over. I see teeth. Um, I mean, I will say this: out. number one, incredibly sweet, like sure, way sweeter than regular cotton candy. Um, so there is a there is a a sweetness that is then cut through with a uh, a meaty porky flavor on the bottom side that is oh, that is so disgusting buttery popcorn that is just disgusting 
it now now I regret my decisions. I I, I regret regret many things, uh, but I'm taking that advice or that suggestion. <sighs> I feel like Ali. I feel like like uh, Ali owes you an apology. Ali M, wherever you're located out in this world, however you choose to communicate, text message, email, tweet, direct message. Um, Listen, all I got to say is DM. Uh, I'll be, I'll be you owe Ron an when apology they, when they remove my foot for diabetes. I think that's Listen, Janelle, Janelle, listen, despite the um, uh, the COVID haze, Janelle comes in with a, a just, uh, you know, look at that. You're going to shit glitter and candy corn tomorrow, Ron. Not wrong. And it's not present. Have you warned Mrs. Ron? Have you said to Mrs. Ron, you're going to want to steer clear <laughs> of the of the bathroom tomorrow? Uh, I haven't, but I will uh, I will leave a note for her. Ooh, you see, what you're going to do is you're going to leave documentation, written proof that could be, you know, entered into a court of law at a later time. Don't you think you're a little bit better off with a, you know, a, a verbal communication? If uh, you raise a good point, I'll go that route. I'm just thinking, like, if you write this down and you hand it to her, she could, uh, you know, murder you. And then when the prosecutors charge her, she could say, hey, look at this note. self she could, she could blame it on the candy corn at this point. And, yeah. and no court would be like, no, we don't need to do an autopsy. He ate tailgate candy corn. Obviously, that's what killed him. Qu question. How much did that bag cost you? Um, it was, and I had to have when it you, too, because it wasn't available in my local Walgreens. So this bag cost me $8. You ordered it? You I did. It, I wanted, again, I wanted to take the bullet for our fans and our listeners and our viewers out there. Um, it's three fifty for the bag and then, um, at, or two for six. I almost got two because I was like, oh, maybe it'll be good enough that I'll want a second bag. Oh, the aftertaste. Oh my God. Oh, the aftertaste just kicked in. Oh, so wrong. So aftertaste. Wrong. You, aftertaste kicked in like five minutes later. It's there's some, there's something lingering in the back of my throat that is not a flavor that I'm used to. Anyway, uh, right now, right now in Washington D.C., uh, Republican operative Roger Stone is celebrating very at at just at the very concept that you are slowly dying of um, just basically something like your, your, um, your, your throat is um, uh, just dying of acidic death. I, I've, I've, and not only that, but you went out of your way to pay $8 for the, for the ability to do that. That's disgusting. I, I, it's well, you know, and again, I think it just, you know, it shows how much we love our, our, our fans here. Well, speak for yourself, buddy, because I would not have made um, <laughs> I would not have done that. Uh, let's let's move on, Brian. What uh, what sure. should our uh, first uh, story of the night be tonight? Well, we have a lot of uh, what Ron and I like to call weird news, which is stories that you may not see on the front page of your local newspaper. Um, you won't see above the banners, they like to call it, or above the fold. Stop eating that shit, Ron. I'm having Put it a away. to try and get it out of my, get that taste out of no, my No, what you need is that, uh, uh, that Fruity Pebbles beer. Eat, drink that, cleanse the palate, stay away from Brock's candy. Um, 
But our first story, or the one that, mm, look at that. Last time you made that face, we were back in college. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I had just had a great explosion. Um, but the story I would most like to start off with before we start getting into the slightly bizarre stories um, is the fact, and, and this is one thing that has been on my the top of my list for the whole week, is the fact that coming up in about 35 minutes, Ron and I will be doing After Dark, which is our uh, bonus material. We do it once a week after the podcast. It's an extra 30-minute episode of the podcast, where which we like to call After Dark. Um, you may ask yourself, hey, I have a question, Ron. Brian, un momento, por favor, tengo un question. But... How do I listen to After Dark? How do I access this exclusive content? And the truth of the answer is you need to go to ronandbrianpodcast.com. Click the link in the upper right-hand corner where it says become a patron. You are going to go to that website. You are going to sign up. You are going to see all the different levels that you have the opportunity to sign up at. You can join at the aluminum level, which is only $5 a month. What does that give you? It gives you an audio clip the day after we record. You will hear Ron and I talking about stories that YouTube would not let us publish. Facebook would blush at the idea of it. Twitch would be twitching. Right. Um, Can I interrupt you for one moment here? I just had a thought to promote the Patreon. If we get prior to tonight's um, After Dark at 930 is that when we do it? When we do it, nine thirty. So technically, yeah. an hour and five minutes from now. Hour and five. Like I said, an hour and five minutes. If we get five new Patreon subscribers at the bronze level or higher, sure. it's only ten dollars. That allows you to join live. I will eat the remainder of this bag at the beginning of tonight's after dark. All right, people. Um, if you are watching live and you are not a member of our Patreon. What I'm going to do right now is I will reimburse the next <laughs> five people who sign up for our Patreon in the next 35 minutes. You actually have an hour and five. If you sign up for our Patreon right now, the next five people, I will pay At $10 for the first or month. $10 or higher. I will pay for you. I will reimburse you personally via Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, Zelle. Um, uh, Western Union. All right. Well, that's uh, that's uh, that's my, yeah. my challenge. And we'll if we can get uh, five more Patreon subscribers to sign up in the next hour or so, I will not only reimburse you your money, but Ron has to eat that entire bag all at once. Yes. All right. Let's uh, let's move on with stories, Brian. Uh, sure. What do you want to start with? Um, I think we need to start off with the story about the um, uh, oil industry uh, companies reporting their quarterly profits from the second quarter of 2022. Listen, people, it is a, a time, you know, where, you know, inflation all, t- you know, is, is, a, is a record high for this generation. Um, we're looking at nine per, you know, at least a nine percent inflation rate. We are seeing families struggle to um, you know, make their you know their 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 rent, make their mortgage, pay their bills, get groceries. I mean, it is really hard, difficult times. Um, people are looking to Washington and saying, "Joe Biden, you have been president for less than two years. You have wrecked our economy. Everybody is suffering. 
all hands are on deck and, and the pain Brian, is being Brian. again what, what, i hate Brian? to interrupt you what but the messaging i've heard is that uh, gas prices are going up because of inflation. They're going up because the, the price of oil is going up. Sure. Because, you know, we're not tapping into the national reserves. So open the pipeline. Case, open that pipeline. Case, Brian, all of the, 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 the gas companies must be breaking even or, or making less they, profit because all the expenses are going up. Yes, they must be hurting. That must be why we're paying more at the pump. Of right? course, they're hurting just as long as everyone else. And you know the pain that you and I are feeling as consumers. The you know Exxon Mobil, Shell, uh, BP. I mean, these companies are all feeling the pain just as much as 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 we are. Um, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it's a it's 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 weighing down on the global economy. I mean, when when our when our oil companies are are reporting, you know, poor earnings on Wall Street, we all suffer. That's right. Uh, so, what is? I think Shell just uh, had their most uh, recent quarterly reporting. Poor folks. Much, poor folks. How much of a loss uh, did they just take? I'm going to say that Shell Oil is reporting a 100 million dollar operating loss mm. for the second quarter. I mean, 100 million dollars. I mean, just a a real huge amount of time of, of 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 money. Poor, poor, poor oil companies. Um, so let's look here. Hold on. I think you sent me that. Oh, uh, Shell actually reporting record profit again. Uh, Eleven point five billion dollars in the second quarter, uh, up from their most recent uh, record, which was last quarter at nine point one billion. What? Uh, so yeah, so uh, in the first two quarters of the year, uh, Shell has made uh, over twenty billion dollars in profit. But we were all struggling. I don't understand. I, 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 I Joe Biden's wrecking the economy and causing all of us to lose money. So how is it that the oil companies are making are are, are actually turning a profit? It has to be just good management, I would think. I mean, I imagine it's unrelated. It's got to be unrelated. Otherwise, that would just mean they've just raised the price of gas um, just to make more money. Now, but then Joe that, Biden, but then we would be angry at the oil companies for turning record profits, and we wouldn't be angry at Joe Biden, who's just the president and doesn't control the the gasoline prices. I mean, all I can tell you is uh, apparently also Shell has said they're going to set aside $6 billion in the third quarter uh, to buy back shares, uh, which will also raise their stock's value, continuing to buy a buyback program that amounted to $8.5 billion in the first half of the year. So not only did they make $20 billion in profit, uh, they took almost half of that uh, to do stock buybacks to give their investors uh, more profit on top of that. So what you're saying really is the fact that Joe Biden is not the cause for he's not profiting or or, or benefiting, but it's actually the um, he it's actually the uh, it's it's the oil companies that are making all this profit. I mean, well, again, let's let's take a look at uh, Exxon Mobil. I mean, again, that's just Shell. Maybe Exxon Mobil is. I, listen, they are fine people over at ExxonMobil. I remember during 9-11 when they announced that because of the support that um, the 9-11 terrorists had from Middle Eastern countries like 
um, Saudi Arabia and Kuwait and Qatar. They were slashing ties with all of them and investing, you know, uh, heavily into renewable energy sources such as solar, such as wind, such as nuclear. I'm going to just let you go through all these. I'm not going to I may not cut you off now for, for the remainder of the night. Such as human beings on treadmills, such as. But this has got to stop. So ExxonMobil, Brian, uh, also surprisingly, uh, record profits in the second quarter, $17.6 billion, uh, nearly double what it made in its profitable first quarter. Uh, second quarter profit up 273% from the same period a year ago. Brian, that equates to earning $2,245.62 per second in the second quarter of the year. So when people are slapping up the Joe Biden, I did that um, stickers at the pump. I mean, uh, are you kind of implying that that anger is misdirected and it should be um, pointed at the um, corporate conglomerates that are running our energy companies? Possibly. I mean, when you also consider Chevron uh, earned 11.4 billion, up 74% from the first quarter and 247% from a year ago. Well, people, if you are blaming Joe Biden for the economic problems, um, especially how much it is costing you to uh, replace a tank of gas um, for your car, all I'm going to say is do a little bit more research than the information that's being spoon fed to you and listen to the research that we are spoon feeding to you. And then um, maybe sit there and ask yourself, am I angry at the right sources? Well, here's a, a touching story, Brian, uh, if I may. And, and let me share a photo here. I think I have this gentleman's photo up here. Uh, so this gentleman is representative uh, Glenn Thompson, a uh, Republican from the great state of Pennsylvania, my, my home state. Um, and he, uh, he gave a very heartfelt speech at his, uh, his gay son's wedding uh, the previous week, uh, talked about how you know they were, were thrilled to attend and celebrate their son's marriage. They were very happy uh, to welcome uh, their new son-in-law to the family. And Brian, would you like to guess how this GOP lawmaker celebrated the week prior uh, to attending his son's wedding? I imagine that you know the you know the 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 excitement he must have been feeling at seeing that um, you know the love that one human being shares towards another, regardless of their sexual orientation. I mean, I imagine that he announced a just a wide, you know, despite his Republican background, I imagine that he just spread a wide um, level of support for all LGBTQ causes. Well, <clears throat> Brian, as you know, uh, the House of Representatives uh, passed a bill on Tuesday called the Re Respect for Marriage Act, uh, an attempt to codify same-sex marriages and protect them in case the Supreme Court overturns yet another ruling. Uh, 47 of 211 House GOP members voted in favor of the bill. However, uh, Representative Thompson here did not. So, so what you're saying here is that he, in his personal life, was um, expressing how happy he was 
that um, his gay son can marry, but then decided that for complete strangers, um, uh, a same-sex marriage was not okay. I mean, you could you could verbalize it that way. You could say that um, something that was okay for a family member uh, was not good enough to put into law for the general public. Unbelievable. Unbelievable the level of hypocrisy. I, I literally, I, I still cannot fathom the ability that the current Republican uh, Party, um, their ability to, um, you know, st- you know, verbalize their support for something and then act completely against that same position um, stuns me. Still, like the fact that they, not only is there is the ability to keep a straight face while doing it, but it is absolutely the lack of anybody in, um, you know, their support group that is going to their, 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 their base that is going to call them out on it. Well, um, I mean, I think it also follows with the trend of the GOP being against cancel culture, but then also being fine with canceling uh, certain organizations that they don't uh, agree with or, or don't toe the line, I guess you could say. So this goes down to West Virginia, who on Thursday morning announced that five major financial institutions, including Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan, would be barred with doing business with the state because they have stopped supporting the coal industry. Um, This is the first time ever that a state has moved to sever banking relationships with major Wall Street firms over objections to their efforts to reduce dangerous planet warming emissions. That was a lot of words. Let me see if I, let me see if I can understand it. Sure. So, a Republican governor is announcing that this This is state, actually the, the treasurer of West Virginia. Announced. Okay. So the treasurer of West Virginia is announcing that his state is not going to be doing business with companies that don't support the, um, the companies that are um, supported by the state. Right. So basically what happened was is the state of West Virginia enacted a law supported by the treasurer of West Virginia that gave him the authority to bar financial institutions from doing business with the state if they were found to be, quote unquote, boycotting fossil fuels. So the same people that are whining about cancel culture are, in effect, doing the exact same thing with the people that they themselves disagree with. Correct. What's what's also amazing to me is, you know, in addition to Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan, uh, he went after Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank Corp, as well as the world's largest asset manager, BlackRock. So you have a tremendous amount of financial resources now blocked from doing business with the state of West Virginia. And we could go through the many myriad areas where West Virginia falls below the average. Sure. uh, in this in, against other states, but needless to say, um, this is again a decision that will is grandstanding from people that it will not impact, but it will sure. impact the people most at need in the state of West Virginia. Yeah, I don't think BlackRock CEO is losing too much sleep tonight yeah. that he's not allowed to do business in West Virginia. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's absolutely. I don't know. I don't want to say it's ridiculous because it is it is kind of par for the course, but it's it just, is ridiculous. Now, what will also be interesting, because what I am what I'm seeing also 
on the travel side of things is you are starting to see more and more uh, large companies, uh, Deloitte, um, Accenture, you know, John Scholar Group, places like that, that are Scholar now group, wanting maybe. to see um, sustainability uh, plans from the travel companies that they do business with. They really? have set goals to reduce their own uh, emissions uh, for their employee travel, and they want to see how the airlines, hotels, rental car companies, et cetera, are assisting with that. So isn't that also in a way boycotting fossil fuels? Should West Virginia then need to, um, you know, cut out doing business with basically the entire Fortune 500? Sure. I mean, it's all, listen, we are reaching, a, we are reaching a, 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 you know, a really bad crux in this country where, um, you know, people are talking about the divisiveness that's going on, but it really feels like we are hitting this point where, uh, you know, everything is being looked through a filter of you're either with me or against me. And if you do not agree with all my views, then you, um, uh, you are my enemy. And, um, it's, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, eventually it will, you know, we live in a capitalist society. So eventually it will all boil down to whoever is making money will get to set those rules. And if you are not providing people with an ability to, um, you know, turn a profit off dealings with you, um, regardless of what stance you're taking on, uh, you know, hot button items, um, if you do, if you're not, you know, contributing towards the uh, profitability, you you're going to very quickly um, come to the uh, realization that you are unnecessary in the global economy. Well, Brian, enough serious talk. Let's get to some of our unusual news. And I think our favorite story. I think this was the favorite of both of us. Is the chess? Are we talking? Are we going to talk about the Jews cruise? We are not. We're going to talk about the chess playing <sighs> robot. Uh, that broke oh. the finger of its seven-year-old opponent. Uh, we do have. Uh, you want you're, you're taking a breather. You need you need a moment. Hold on a second. I mean, I feel like I feel like you're steamrolling into this story, and I think we need to we we need to set it up a little bit more appropriately. My, my apologies. And not necessarily refer to you. Not necessarily that you've done it inappropriately, but in the sense that I mean, we've we've hit a point now in the battle against the robots where the robots have started to attack. You know, I mean, when we started to build the robots, we were like, the robots are here to make our lives easier. The robots are here to um, handle tasks um, that humans define as monotonous and boring and um, uh, replicate those tasks seemingly an infinite number of times. Right. And then recently we had robots that started to um, uh, were infused with artificial intelligence, which started to talk to each other in a language that we didn't understand to the point where um, the scientists working with those robots had to unplug the robots because they got very fearful that the robots had sustained consciousness and it freaked people out and they shut it down. Now, you know, we have not turned our backs against the robots as a society, but the robots. And I mean, we all saw the Terminator. We know what's coming. I mean, wasn't it the uh, Astroflex uh, 4000 
um, that suddenly showed up and decided that it was going to take over. But finally, people, we are talking. It is July 31st. 2022 as we record this episode and the robots are attacking there you go uh let's show a quick video here uh no sound to it uh but you can see uh the robot making a chess move uh the seven-year-old uh goes to make a move as well and uh the robot grabs the kid by the finger uh really quick reaction i mean after 15 20 seconds of the kid being have his finger broken by the robot and the adults finally get in there and are like, oh, uh, he's injuring this child. Let's get him out of there. So they uh, they managed to finally uh, separate him uh, from the bloodthirsty robot. Where are the minorities at the at, at the Russian chess events? I'm sorry. You know, I, I feel like I need to point it out. There's no minorities there. Where are the members of the LGBTQ community at Russian chess uh, events? Um, I feel like this is just basically... Uh, a cis heterosexual um, uh, uh, white individuals. <laughs> okay, interesting. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. But yeah, so this <laughs> little kid decides he's playing one. against a robot and ignoring all common sense. He decides he's going to try and speed the robot up, and the robot's not going to have any. And that's the great thing. So this was in Russia. This was at the Moscow Open, and, and the officials of the Moscow Open blamed the child. Uh, saying that the child violated safety rules by taking his turn too quickly. Now, Brian, you are a chess aficionado. I understand. Not many people know this. So you know how quickly those moves go back and forth. Um, One, so three to night seven. I mean, we've I all, believe we've this all child was just moving at the regular pace of a, uh, of a standard chess match and finds himself uh, with a broken finger. What I think happened here, clearly you can see, if you look at the chessboard before he plays, the child is in, you know, um, uh, he's in checkmate in two, um, and the robot, sensing that it was going to lose, decided to just grab a finger, the great distraction, as we like to call it, very popular with Bobby Fischer back in the day, where when he sensed that he was, uh, the tide had swung and that the momentum was for his opponent, um, as his opponent would play, uh, Bobby Fischer would reach over across the chessboard and attack the finger of his opponent in the hopes of breaking it and causing a break. I mean, uh, poor sportsmanship. Classic Fischer. That was a, that they, I mean, I think they still refer to it as the uh, Fischer finale because, you know, um, once you've broken a finger, you can no longer play chess. Game is right. over. Forfeit. Um, you know, the robots are here. They're not going anywhere. And, um, you know, uh, here we go. Just like just like loyal fan of the show. It's the Republican way. If you're losing and you don't want to lose, just grab the kid's finger and break it. It's the Republican way. My uh, my favorite comment uh, about this came from Sergei Lazarov, president of the Moscow Chess Federation, who said, quote, the robot broke the child's finger. This is, of course, bad. <laughs> just just utterly stating facts i mean like 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 throwing in absolutely no hint of humanity on that i think actually the robot read that you know wrote that statement for sergey to read it, very possibly he was like he's like you must read this or you are next okay hal wh- you know what would you like me to say the child's finger is broken this is obviously bad 
So, uh, Brian, there's been a, a lot of also uh, Infowars uh, in, uh, stories in the news. Um, yes. They've been going through the uh, uh, the penalty phase of his trial. Uh, the uh, Their parent company has filed for bankruptcy. But what actually was even crazier, and I think it kind of ties into our chess robot story, um, is Alex Jones going on a rant about human supremacy this past week. It's about a minute or so long, but it is delightfully insane. And if you would indulge me, Brian, if I can play it. I believe this as a 51% owner of the podcast, Ron, I don't think you need me to indulge you. I believe you are in the dominant power position where you could reach over the screen and like here, like I'm just going to like offer you my finger. You can reach over and break it at any time if I speak too fast. I just wanted to reinforce the power dynamic before playing this clip. Understood. A human supremacist. I am a human supremacist. That term will be the future war with the robots and the AI. What you're hearing now is the entire future and everything they tried to stop us from doing. Our supremacy will not end with this planet. We will people the stars. We will colonize. We will green dead worlds. We will go interdimensional. We will unlock the secrets of the universe. God has laid them out like Christmas presents for his children. And I am extremely honored to be in the fulcrum and the heart of the fight to bring our race, the human race, in a race for the future. I am honored to be here. And we will break the enemy we will break the pedophiles. We will break the Satanists because God already sent his own self down here to show us he could do it. God would never ask us to go through an obstacle course he wouldn't go through. And now we're going to go through what Christ did. And we're going to go through it and we're going to be destroyed but reborn on the other side. Holy cow. I have not seen Alex Jones' uh, video for a long time. So he so so who exactly is the enemy other than the pedophile? Like I, I get it. I get the, that the Republicans on, on the right, they have just these buzzwords that make them feel good. And I get that they, you know, they they cling to um this belief that they are here to support the children against the pedophiles, even though they're doing absolutely nothing against the Catholic Church. Um, they're doing nothing against Jeffrey Epstein. They did nothing against Jelaine Maxwell. Um, R. Kelly got taken down by a liberal district attorney. Like they're doing nothing against pedophilia. But um, but 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 who exactly is their enemy? Uh, well, and I'm not exactly sure how the pedophiles and the Satanists are keeping us from fighting against the robots. But it's it, did he even mention the robots? He just well, I he started ranting about well, he how started talking about robots and AI. Well, he started yeah, and then he immediately started talking about how we are living in a period of time where we are going to green dead worlds. How we are going how God has laid these Christmas presents out for human beings into outer space and 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 how fortunate Alex Jones is to be at the fulcrum. First off, Fuck Alex Jones for using a word like fulcrum because suddenly now I'm questioning my own ability to remember what the word fulcrum is. Like if I remember, isn't it the point where you're adding pressure 
that 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 enables you to increase um, the pressure that you're exerting onto another point? I believe so. But how dare Alex Jones, who's a fucking moron, um, <laughs> you make me feel stupid? It's the point on which a lever rests or is supported and on which it pivots. A thing that plays a central or essential role in an activity, event, or situation. So technically, my penis is considered a fulcrum because be. it is a thing that plays a central or essential role in an activity, event, or situation mostly known as when I expose myself on the New York City subways, just total strangers. All I will say, Brian, just the fact that Alex Jones had as large a following as he once did, I think is proof that um, we should allow ourselves to be destroyed by the robots. We should not be rebirthing uh, dead planets and we should not be colonizing stars. We do but don't not you, deserve nice things. But don't you believe that these planets died for a reason? We can't keep our own planet stable and we're going to go we can't even keep planet. alex jones stable <laughs> let alone go to another planet and make that stable the man's uh, literally the man is literally like a, a, a whack job that if you get a chance and maybe we'll share it uh we'll share some of these on our tiktok uh, which is at the ron and brian podcast but it, there there's a, a an account on there who is sharing um, clips of the judge who is running the, the penalty phase of um, the case uh, involving Alex Jones and the Sandy Hook parents. And every clip, it is abundantly clear that the judge is completely done with the bullshit from Alex Jones and his co-workers sure. and the lawyer. But she does it in such a professional, like, cutting way that every clip is hilarious. Oh, I'd like to see that. I, I genuinely don't understand how um, somebody who could who could spread such misinformation um, and act as if they are uh, uh, reporting on facts, such that a uh, you know a mass murder at a school didn't occur, that the parents of uh, who lost their children are somehow um, staged actors um, trying to push a political agenda. Um, I mean, just that is one of the most um, uh, offensive behaviors in humanity. Well, Brian, before it runs too late, uh, there was. Is a there any way that next week we can pull some Alex Jones text and you and I can go back and forth reading quotes from Alex Jones yeah, as okay. Alex Jones? Can you jot that down? I'm making a note. I'll send an email to Matt. Because and, uh, I would love to be provided some text of Alex Jones quotes that I could um, uh, read aloud. Brian, I bought this tailgate candy corn and they promised me it would taste like hot dogs and hamburgers. And thanks to the pedophiles and the feminists, they don't taste like those products, Brian. Nailed it. Ron, we are sitting here at the fulcrum of the future of the world. And it is the pedophiles and the sickness who are ensuring that I get monkeypox for the 15th time, ensuring that my rectum is pus-filled and is un un unavailable to the incoming penises of the men throughout New York City. Brian, and I'm not going to stand for it. Brian, as we barrel towards the protractor of the 22nd century, we are held back by vegans and furries. 
That's who the real enemy is, folks. Listen, I think, you know, I, I say every year, Ron, that when it comes to furries, you, my friend, are going to one day come out and finally accept the inevitable, which is the fact that you yourself are a member of the furry community. Understood. I think a better thing for us to do is maybe we'll we'll have a contest with our listeners. We will we will make up some rants and then we'll read some Alex Jones rants and we'll see if they can determine who is who. Now, if only there was some kind of prize for our listeners. You know, one of the things that I, I you know, you and I like to do is we like to have these challenges to the friends of the show, people who care. Um, you know, where, you know, which which provides them with an ability to win a prize. I don't know. Let me think. What kind of prize would be good? Maybe $25 donated to a cause, a charity of their wishes. Um, but there needs to be some type of challenge, um, a, a game of some sort that they would have like to play. Asking, can you beat Ron, perhaps? And how would one go about playing, can you beat Ron? Well, we are doing that because tonight on After Dark, it is our monthly uh, pajama party. Um, we are pajama uh, jam jam pajama jam jam. We are letting our uh, Patreon subscribers uh, come on and uh, be part of the show. But also, we'll be taking place in a, a game of Can You Beat Ron? This month's topic. We're gonna give you. We're gonna give you a heads up before going into the uh, competition. It is who knows. Brian Best. So that's right. The topic for and this you have not game, seen this game. You know nothing this about game. this game. This is this game is simply who how well do you know me? So and again, if we get some more uh subscribers, we've gotten we get two five. We need five subscribers. We need three more at the ten dollar level. I will eat this entire bag of candy corn at the beginning of the after dark. <sighs> Brian. Before it runs too long, we have a ton of celebrity obituaries to get through. Get uh, to this them here. So let's uh, let's see who was first. I I, I can't mm. operate the machine anymore. So first up, uh, rapper, Paul Sorvino. Oh, I was going Jay DeYoungin. I was going kind of least <sighs> famous to most, if you will. How could we possibly forget Jay DeYoungin? Uh, age what twenty two, I believe. 24, I, he was, excuse me. He was a youngin. He was definitely a youngin. Uh, shot outside of a Louisiana home. Uh, died from his uh, his wounds. Known for his hits. 23 islands and uh, elimination. Uh, passing away. Real name, Javorius Tykes Scott. Rushed to the hospital, but did not make it. Jesus Christ, he looks like a kid. I mean, like, I you and I like to work. joke about these rappers that are getting shot to death. But Jesus Christ, that was a child. I mean, that kid had his whole life ahead of him. Um, they're re I mean, I know you and I like to talk about it and as it's funny, but I mean, another rapper here, actor David Wagner, um, another rapper shot dead, you know, at the prime, you know, just as he was really, you know, able to, you know, he was dropping, this guy was dropping hits, you know, almost once a month. I mean, he had a feature with Drake. Um, you know, he was, uh, you know, he had a couple of verses on the upcoming. Brian, Brian I believe he, uh, he died from cancer, Brian. Did and he was Brian? actually best known for his roles in the Titanic and the Omen, uh, passing away uh, from a cancer-related illness at the age of 80. 
he looks pretty bad for 80. I hate to say it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's that British thing. Uh, they tend not to age well. I don't know why that is. Uh, but yes, Brian, also passing away one of your favorites, Paul Sorvino uh, in Law and Order, of course. Uh, good Paulie, for I Paulie. mean, a ton, a ton of acting credits. I would have to say one of the most recognizable character actors in all of Hollywood. Don't put too many onions in the sauce. Don't put too many onions in the sauce. Um, also, the father of Mina Sorvino. Yes. Um, he uh, threatened uh, Hollywood executive Harvey Weinstein when uh, it became publicized that uh, Harvey had uh, not handled rejection from Mira very well and had basically um, thwarted her career in Hollywood. Um, so uh, passing away at the age of 83 from natural causes uh, coming up next. We the second, the second of the Goodfellas uh, 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 quadrant. What do you call four people? Quartet. Uh, uh, quartet. The, you, know, I you, um, uh, you know, earlier this year, Ray Liotta passed away. Now Paul Sorvino passes away. Um, we still have Joe Pesci. We still have Robert De Niro. They are national treasures. We need to protect them at all costs. All right. Uh, coming up next, passing away at the age of 77 from uh, Leave It to Beaver, uh, Tony Dow. Uh, there were some people that incorrectly uh, announced his death earlier in the week, uh, but yeah. he, uh, he was on hospice uh, and then passed away following a cancer battle. Yeah, I mean, it was really poor form. I mean, one of the things that that I, you know, hate to see about modern society is this 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 leap um, uh, that people make to be the first to report, uh, you know, a celebrity obituary. Um, you and I like to wait until Sunday, you know, to put the news out. But sure. um, you know, you just you just see, you know, suddenly people, people are try like, and jump on it, and it's just at the wrong. very at the very hint that a Hollywood celebrity is 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 unwell. Um, you know, you, you see these vultures, you know, swimming around circles, you know, in the sea around the corpse, you know, just waiting to see who could be the first to announce their death. And sometimes they uh, they do it too early. Um, poor form. Let's not talk about those people. Let's talk about Tony Dow, uh, obviously famous for playing Wally Cleaver in all 234 episodes of Leave it to Beaver from 1957 to 1963. Also appeared on TV shows such as Lassie. Adam 12, Mod Squad, Knight Rider, Charles in Charge, and Murder, She Wrote, later on becoming an in-demand TV director and acclaimed sculptor. Was not aware of that. Not only that, but let's not forget his acclaimed porn career where he starred in Eat That Beaver 6, 9, and 10, and 11, um, which, I, I mean, brought life to that whole series. I mean, after... Eat that beaver one, two, I three, four, have five. Someone. I, People I just sat there and said, "Listen, we have seen enough." Stop. All right, moving on. We've got uh, the sports world losing a legend. Uh, earlier today, it was announced: uh, former Boston Celtics great Bill Russell uh, passing away at the age of eighty-eight. Um, a record 11 NBA championships uh, playing with the Boston Celtics. Uh, again, just a uh, an absolute sports legend. Uh, a man who many call the greatest of all times. 
Yeah. And let's not forget the cameo role, which actually wasn't even that small of a role, but um, the, the role he played in Airplane, where he um, uh, portrayed uh, uh, Roger Under, um, the co-pilot are, uh, of the plane. With uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. What? But if I can get serious for just a moment, Brian, can I read something uh, that Bill Russell's daughter had written about what it was like uh, being the daughter of Bill Russell uh, when he played with the Celtics in a very racist country? I believe what she said was that um, he played, uh, you know, he, he kind of, you know, half-assed it during the regular season and only really gave effort during the playoffs. Um, well, I will read you what she wrote because it was very impactful for me. I understand you may not have a soul. It may not impact you. But uh, so she wrote, one night we came home from a three-day weekend and found we had been robbed. Our house was in a shambles and the N-word was spray painted on the walls. The burglars had poured beer on the pool table and ripped up the felt. They had broken into my father's trophy case and smashed most of the trophies. I was petrified and shocked at the mess. Everyone was very upset. The police came and after a while they left. It was then that my parents pulled back their bed covers to discover that the burglars had defecated in their bed. Every time the Celtics went out on the road, vandals would come and tip over our garbage cans. My father went to the police station to complain. The police told him that raccoons were responsible, so he asked where he could apply for a gun permit. The raccoons never came back. The only time we were really scared was after my father wrote an article about racism in professional basketball for the Saturday Evening Post. He earned the nickname Felton X. We received threatening letters, and my parents notified the FBI. What I find most telling about this episode is that years later, after Congress had passed the Freedom of Information Act, my father requested his FBI file and found that he was repeatedly referred to therein as, quote, an arrogant Negro who wouldn't sign autographs for white children. Wow. We're just a shitty guy. Yeah, no. Shitty also, hold, hold on a second. That man made his career in Boston. I mean, let's, I mean, it is, it is a well-known fact how racist Boston sports fans are. True. So, you know, the fact is, is that I think if you were playing in, in Philly, if you were playing in New York during that period of time, he may not have had the same experience he did, mm. but in Boston, you, you know, the, the I mean, there's the, the, the racism still shows today. Um, and then finally, um, one more person, again, uh, breaking a barrier in her field, this being television uh, in the 60s, uh, Nichelle Nichols. This one hurt. Um, she was, of course, Lieutenant Uhura in Star Trek, the original series, passing away today at the age of 89. Now, when she's holding up her hand, is that the arthritis that is kicking in? Or do you think she's trying to do the Vulcan um, uh, uh, hand wave? I believe or do you think that the, that's the just the fact that, that her hand is just so riddled with arthritis that her joints aren't able to uh, uh, to move properly? Anyway, when Star Trek began in 1966, Nichols was a television rarity, a black woman in a notable role on a primetime TV series. Uh, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. called it, quote, the first non-stereotypical role portrayed by a black woman in television history. Uh, she was also responsible for participating in one of the first interracial kisses on U.S. television uh, when she kissed uh, James T. Kirk. Well, she kissed William Shatner. I mean, the oh, yeah. character he in played character was James T. Kirk. James T. Yes. Do you remember what the T stood for? Tiberius. 
Very good, very good. Yes, no, she was, um, I think, you know, when you really look at the American experience, she probably was one of, if not the first African, stop eating those candies, Ron. But she was the first African woman, African American woman on television who did not play a stereotypical African American. Um, you know, she was up there and basically represented um, a person, you know, a human being. You know, it was uh, not important, the, uh, the color of her skin. It was the role that she played, which was basically eye candy for uh, Spock to uh, uh, drool over. Uh, and she was also, uh, many, may, many may not know this, she was responsible for the name of her character uh, when she was uh, approached uh, for the uh, original script. She was reading a book called Uhuru at the time, which means freedom in Swahili, suggested that as the character name. Gene Roddenberry thought it was too harsh. So she said, well, why don't you soften the end with an A and it'll be Uhura. And he agreed. Which so. is odd because I remember one time I was in college and I was just, you know, I had been drinking too much at the bar and um, I approached this young woman at the bar and asked her if I, if I could buy her a drink. And I remember her exact phrase, which was fuck off nerd. And I remember I suddenly screamed out that she was a hoorah. And, um, and uh, I remember getting thrown out of that bar. All right. Uh, I think maybe this would be as good a time as any uh, to close up shop and get ready for After Dark, which takes place. 20 minutes, people. 20 you minutes got 20 away. minutes to sign up. We will have uh, Can You Beat Ron? Uh, again, uh, I lost last time. I need to to, to get my, uh, my pride back. Uh, Ron's going to get his groove back tonight. And winner, 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 chicken dinner, Janelle F., um, loyal uh, a friend of the show who, uh, despite, um, uh, you know, her, her recent battles with these these pandemics, um, is sitting here basically challenging Ron, calling him a wuss, saying that he doesn't need people to join Patreon to eat those abominations. I mean, that is what happens when you have you've won two out of three. Can you beat Ron's? I mean, yep. somebody said recently that we should rename the game. Can you beat Janelle? And uh, we're not there yet, Ron, but we're getting close. We're going to need to see a strong effort from you coming up in 20 minutes. So we're going to head out now, correct? We are. Anything uh, additional before I wrap us up here today? Wrap us up here. We are going over to Patreon, going behind the paywall. We're going to play Can You Beat Ron? We're going to talk about some spicy stories. It is our pajama party. We are allowing every Patreon who uh, a subscriber who is at the um, uh, uh, aluminum, excuse me, at the bronze $10 a month level or higher to come on the show. We will be challenging Ron. We're going to be talking about some spicy stories. We may have some references to OnlyFans. You never know. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Ron, take us out. Here. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Just real quick, on a serious note, before we head out, uh, today would have been my mom's 78th birthday. And as we know, we lost her this past December, so um, we, we honored her in our own way today. But uh, miss you, Mom. Love you. Um, and, and thank you for everything that you ever did. And thank you, folks, for joining us. And we will see you all again next week. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. 
You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week. 